welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. The night Jesus was born, there were shepherds tending sheep in a field nearby. I Does that seem significant to you? Or is it just a coincidence? We got, we've got Christmas songs about the wind speaking to little shepherd boys. I'm not sure where the little drummer boy came from, but... I do understand about maybe the shepherd boy and the wind, but never figured out where the drummer boy came from. That is, you know, does the living God, creator of heaven and earth, the one who created all of mankind, is he concerned with that level of detail regarding the birth of? Of his son Jesus Christ. Indeed is is he concerned. With that kind of detail. In your life. Personally. Well let's look at some of the other details. Surrounding. The Christmas story. And see what they may speak to us. And see if they answer that question. If God really is concerned. About that much detail. The shepherds that we hear about, that Pastor Dave read about, they were in the fields of, the ancient fields actually, of a man named Boaz. And they are spoken of in detail in the book of Ruth. Boaz was a righteous man, he was a just man. Happened to be the near kinsman redeemer. Uh, Actually, he was the second in line as a near kinsman redeemer to Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi. And uh, uh, he, as the second near kinsman redeemer, married Ruth. They had a son named Obed. He had a son named Jesse. And Jesse had a son named David. Actually, he had many sons, but... We know about David far more than we know about David's brothers. And David became king of Israel, right? And and uh, had a five-year running conflict with King Saul. And you may know some of that story. But what you may not know uh, is Boaz, who owned these fields, was the great-grandfather of King David... But King David was the great, 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 and then add 22 more greats onto that. Grandfather of Joseph and Mary, who was the parents of Jesus born in those fields. So Jesus was actually born in a stable in the fields of his 25 times great grandfather, Boaz. Interesting. Boaz was also a wheat farmer. He raised wheats in those fields. And uh, uh, he had heard 
wonderful stories about Ruth, who had moved to that community. She was not originally from that community. Her mother-in-law, Naomi, was. In fact, Boaz was a brother-in-law to Naomi. Naomi's husband, who had passed away in Moab, they had left Bethlehem because of a drought and had been gone for some years. Their sons had married Moabite women. The sons had died. Ruth came back with her mother-in-law to live in Bethlehem. And, and he heard wonderful stories about her. But the first time he actually met Ruth, she was gleaning in his wheat fields. And he made sure she got extra gleanings and, and just admired her, not only for her beauty, but for the beauty of her character. And ended up marrying her. But Boaz was a wheat farmer. And the fields where he grew wheat were the fields around Bethlehem. They surrounded Bethlehem. Bethlehem is a compound word. Beth, house, leham, bread. Bethlehem literally means the house of bread. Now, what significance does that have, if any coincidence? Well, it's easier understood if we fast forward to when Jesus was doing his public ministry. And one day, when he was teaching a crowd on the shores of Galilee... The crowd said to him, what sign are you going to do that we may believe in you? Moses gave a sign to our fathers by giving them manna from heaven. And Jesus corrected them and said, it wasn't Moses that gave you manna from heaven. It was my father that gave them manna from heaven. And my father is giving to you the true bread from heaven. Then he said these words, listen, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger. He who believes in me will never thirst. Now think about that. Jesus Christ, the bread of life, was born in a stable in the fields of Boaz who raised wheat on the edge of the city of Bethlehem, which means the house of bread. How amazing is that? And Boaz happened to be his 25 times great grandfather. Hmm. We're not done with the coincidences yet. In those fields of Boaz, there was a plot of ground called Middal Eder. Now, Middal Eder is first mentioned in the Bible in Genesis chapter 35, verse 12, where it talks about Jacob, the grandson of Abraham. His wife, Rachel, passed away, giving birth to their their 12th son, well, Jacob's 12th son, Benjamin. And he bought this plot of ground, Migdal Eder, to bury Rachel. Rachel's tomb is still there today. Migdal Eder is on the north edge of Bethlehem on the highway going to Jerusalem. And, and this is an actual picture. You can see Bethlehem in the background. 
the fields of Migdal Eder. Now, Migdal Eder simply means tower of the flock. Now, Jacob bought this plot of ground called Migdal Eder 800 years before Boaz farmed wheat on this land. 25 generations later, shepherds are watching sheep in these fields. The tower of the flock. What's even more interesting, I mean, it was called the tower of the flock. 800 years before Boaz did wheat farming, 400 years after Boaz has done wheat farming there, Micah prophesies about this very field. Would you read it with me? Let's read it together. In the days, says the Lord, I will assemble the lame, I will gather the outcast and those whom I have afflicted, I will make the lame a remnant and the outcast a strong nation. All the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from now on even forever. All you tower of the flock. There it is. Migdal letter. All you tower of the flock. The stronghold of the daughter of Zion. To you it shall come. Even the former dominion shall come. The kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. Did you catch it? Did you catch it? Almighty God is prophesying 400 years after Boaz has raised wheat there that Messiah would be born there. Even, even the ancient writers of the Mishnah, the Jewish theologians said this was a prophecy about the coming of Messiah at Migdal Eder. And that night, in the fields of Migdal Eder, the shepherds are tending sheep. And not very far away, on the edge of the town of Bethlehem, in that plot of field, that was a part of the fields of Boaz, in a stable, a baby's born. Coincidence? I don't think so. Significant? Huge. Huge. The angels said to the shepherds, right? These words. Do not be afraid. I bring you great tidings. Good tidings, rather, of great joy, which shall be to all people. Friend, he was born this night in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Now, we've heard that. We've heard that. We've heard songs. We've, we've heard it. And I think we forget the significance. I think in many ways we miss the significance of what the shepherds are saying. First, I find it fascinating what they say is the confirmation. And this will be a sign to you. 
See, this is, this is significant. This is how you're going to know. This is the baby we're talking about. You're going to find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Now, a couple things we've got to, we've got to go ahead and go to the next slide for me. We, we, we've got to get, another. Um, go to the next one. There we go. Okay. I thought I had them in right order. It's not her fault. It's my fault. Let's, look, here's the confirmation. First of all, let's look at lying in a manger. You get the picture of the little wood crate and hay, right? This is the actual picture of a shepherd's manger. And by the way, this is a picture from the fields of Boaz. I, I've seen this actual manger. It's made of rock. Because remember, I told you last week, there's, no, there's very little wood in, in Judea, in Israel. It's rock. That's what they have a lot of is rock. Okay, so this, this kind of changes your mental picture a little bit. Okay, he's not in a wooden stable. He's in a rock cave and the manger is made of rock. Okay. And wrapped in swaddling clothes. Now, in the Western mind, we think about, you know, he's wrapped in blankets. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. And, and another, another thing I've heard. Well, you know, the only thing there were rags. And so they wrapped the baby when she was born. They wrapped him in rags. Are you kidding me? Ladies, come on. Think this through. You're having to make a long journey. You know you're really, really close to giving delivery. In fact, you might even give delivery on this trip. You're telling me you're not going to go prepared. Are you kidding me? Every mother is going to have her bag ready. And there's going to be baby blankets in there. Come on, really? No, 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 no. Mary didn't land up there in the stable and go, Oh my word, I'm going to have the baby and I didn't prepare. No, 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 no. There's not a woman in the world that's going to make that trip like that. She was ready. She was ready. And when Jesus was born, Semitic custom, babies were swaddled. If they were proper babies. And here's what they would do. They would, they, they would have a cloth about a yard square. And they would, they would grind salt till it was, it was very, very small powder. Just powder. Then they would sprinkle that salt inside that blanket. And when the baby, the umbilical cord was cut, they would wash the baby and then they would lay the baby in that cloth and they would fold that baby in that cloth with that salt against the skin to begin, to begin toughening up the skin from coming out of the womb. And then they would take swaddling, it was claws, and each cloth would be about that wide. And they would wrap that baby with the arms and the legs and they would wrap that baby tight. To give it kind of the same feeling. It was still in the tight space in the womb. Swaddle the baby. Babies that were not swaddled. Were illegitimate babies. Babies whose parents. For whatever reason. Abandoned the child. It was a tragedy. To not be swaddled. 
And scripture talks about swaddling in three locations. And the location that is significant to you and me is the location in the book of Ezekiel in the 16th chapter and verse 4 and 5 and 6. Listen, listen to this passage. As for your nativity, on the day you were born, your navel cord was not cut, nor were you washed in water to cleanse you. You were not rubbed with salt nor wrapped in swaddling cloths. No, I pitied you to do any of these things for you, to have compassion on you, but you were thrown out in the open field when you yourself were loathed on the day you were born. And when I passed by you and saw you struggling in your own blood, I said to you in your blood, live. Yes, I said to you in your blood, live. And God is talking about mankind, that we were born in sin, and we were, we were living in a sinful world that if possible, the world will beat us up and destroy us and let us die in our own blood. We are born a sinner and we are headed to hell. And the world will simply encourage us to live in our sin so that we self-destruct and destroy ourselves. But almighty God, Sees us in that condition and will not leave us there if we will permit. But he'll come to us and he'll want to redeem us. And how did he come? He came and his navel cord was cut and he was washed. And he was wrapped in salt and he was swaddled because he came without sin. That he who knew no sin might be made sin for us. This is the sign. This is the sign. Oh, and it's significant. Not coincidence. Some people read it and they just think it's, it's Semitic custom. They just see it as a historical that almighty God was making a powerful prophetic statement for you and me. Lying in a manger? <laughs> that too. Not a coincidence. And it's not a coincidence that shepherds were the first ones to come see him. Does that seem odd to you? Here he is in a stable, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, in a stable, laying in a manger, and of all things, stinky, smelly shepherds are the first guests to come see him. Really? And I bet they didn't take their boots off when they got to the door. They're walking in a stable, right? Does that seem odd to you? Well, not when you understand who it is that's laying in the stable. Again, we got to go to the life of Jesus in John chapter 10. And Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. Everyone that came before me, 
They were hirelings. But I'm the good shepherd. And, and, and what's the difference between a hireling and a good shepherd? A good shepherd will lay his life down for his sheep. A, a, a good shepherd will go to war for his sheep. God, and again, who is he? Jesus is the 26th generation grandson of King David. And what do we know about King David? He was a shepherd. And he was a good shepherd. And when a lion came, one guy said he grabbed the lion by the hair of his chinny chin chin and killed him. I don't know if he did that or not. We know he killed him. And we know a bear came one time to get one of his. And and he he rescued the lamb out of the mouth of the bear. Wow. He's the good shepherd. He's the good shepherd that's just like his great, great, 25 great grandpa. (laughs) David. He's the good shepherd. Lays down his life for his sheep. Goes to battle for his sheep. The sheep know him and he knows his sheep. I, I think this is so significant. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. What did Isaiah say? Isaiah said, and he calls them by name. See, he not only knows all the stars and calls them by name. He knows you. And he calls you by name. And he knows your address. His eye is on you. Your good shepherd is watching over you every moment of every day. There is never a single moment you're out of his sight. Remember what it said in Psalm 139? You have known me and you weave me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eye did behold my substance yet being imperfect and in thy book were all my members written when as yet there was none of them. How vast are thy thoughts unto me, O Lord, and how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sands of the sea. The good shepherd Always has this eye on you. And he's always thinking of you. How many times in a single day? How many grains of sand can you hold in your hand? More than that, you're in his mind. The good shepherd. (laughs) And I love this. He says, and there are sheep who are a part of my fold that are not yet a part of it. But I'm going to call them and I'm going to bring them in. See, every one of us, every one of us in this room, there was a time we were not a part of the fold of the good shepherd. We were doing our own thing. We were living our own life. We were going our own direction. Amen? And all of a sudden, I I, I like to say this. Uh, I found Jesus. 
Uh, no, you didn't. Uh, no, 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 you didn't. What really happened was you turned around one day and bumped into him. He had been there all along. You kidding me, really? You, you think he got lost and you found him? Uh-uh, you were the one lost. He was finding you. Come on, amen? amen. He was finding you. You were the one lost. Amen. I know, you thought you were on the right road. You, and it, it dawned on you, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? What am I doing to myself? I, I was on Facebook early this morning because I was watching video of my grandkids in Croatia opening their Christmas presents because, of course, it's, it's late afternoon there now. And, uh, and it, as I was getting there, I, I noticed that our bishop posted on, on Facebook... Uh, his testimony that he came to salvation on Christmas Eve, 1971. He grew up. He grew up in a in a godly home, and he had run away from it. Was a member of Hell's Angels. He's got knife marks all over his body. And you kind of want to laugh at because he's 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 about my build or a little smaller. And, and I, every time I look at him, I go, "Were you crazy?" Well, the answer is, yeah, he was. He was crazy in sin, right? We all were, you know. And he, his testimony of how he came to salvation on Christmas Eve is amazing. That Christmas Eve, he bumped in to the good shepherd. The good shepherd had been there watching over him. Had to have been protecting because he would have been dead otherwise. The good shepherd went after he had 99 in the fold but he went after Vaughn Matthews he had, he had 99 in the fold they went after Dean Hackett he had 99 in the fold they went after David Gutierrez he had 99 in the fold and he went after you see it's, it's absolutely no coincidence that Jesus Christ was born in a stable on the edge of the fields owned by his great-grandfather Boaz in that plot of ground known as Middal Eder, the Tower of the Flock. The bread of life born in the wheat fields on the edge of the house of of bread in a stable for sheep on the fields of the tower of the flock and the first guests were shepherds who came and worshipped the great shepherd what a series of coincidences Significant? I think so. Significant for my life? I know so. Because as Peter said in his first epistle in the second chapter, I was a wandering sheep and then I came to the shepherd and bishop of my soul. Jesus said in John 10, 10. 
There's a thief that came to steal and to kill and to destroy. Would you stand with me, please? That thief will do everything he can to plunder your life. He will steal your peace. He will steal your joy. He will steal your hope. He will steal your reputation. He will steal everything you have of worth and value in your life. Leaving you feeling worthless and hopeless. So he can destroy you. Destroy you mentally. Destroy you emotionally. And if possible, destroy you physically. So he can kill you if possible. He hates you. But I've come. Jesus said. Born. In a stable. In the fields of Middal Swaddled and laying in a manger. The good shepherd. I came. To give you life. And that more abundantly. Abundant life. Because he's not only the good shepherd. That one. Swaddled and lying in a manger. In the fields of Migdal Eder. Migdal Eder was a plot of ground in the fields of Boaz. Who raised wheat. Surrounding Bethlehem. The house of bread. And that one lying in a manger is the bread of life who said, remember, he who comes to me will never hunger and he who believes on me will never thirst. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at